Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. I am Chris Tidball, Executive Claims Consultant with Second Look, where we routinely find our insurance clients millions of dollars. On our podcast, we showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. We believe that all of our guests have a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we will reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. Today we have Ty Anderson, one of the foremost claims experts in the United States. Welcome, Ty. <laughs> that's a, that's quite the introduction there. <laughs> I, know, can think of, I can think of nobody smarter than you when it comes to claims. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. Uh, you know, you and I have uh, known each other now for a while, and, uh, you know, I feel the same way about you, and uh, appreciate you uh, asking me to come on uh, to your podcast uh, just to... Uh, discuss kind of uh you know some things that maybe are on your mind my mind and look forward to it yeah absolutely so so let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself you know how did you get started in this whole world of claims well i mean i think we start on the personal side and uh you know i was born and uh, spent a large part of my uh, growing up in uh central ohio and um came across this ad uh, as I got out of college, like all of us trying to find something to do. Right. And, and right. You know, where do I want to go? And probably like a lot of people in this industry, I had no idea what a claims adjuster was. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless you're going to one of those colleges that actually has risk management programs, but that wasn't me. Right. I graduated with a marketing business degree. And uh, as I was doing my job search, I came across this ad from progressive insurance. Right. And I'm in Ohio. And it's kind of a hotbed for progressive at that point in time and uh, simply applied for the position. And because of their rapid uh, growth and uh, uh, and so on, they needed bodies. And right. uh, uh, I had an interview with them uh, on uh, it was January 7th. I think it was like a, a Friday. And they asked if I could start on the next Wednesday and be ready for the next training class. So, wow. uh, so that's kind of the growth they're going through. And again, uh, didn't really have an idea what a claims adjuster was other than maybe I've had an accident when I was younger and I knew somebody came out to the house and that's really all I knew about it at that point in time. So, so yeah, I started so by progressive, right at progressive. Yeah. So did the job come with a company car? Yeah, it did. It did. So, uh, you know, the, the, I was an, uh, I'm an all-purpose adjuster, right? I mean, you did things from, uh, you know, birth uh, to, to the grave of the claim, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, yes, you drove out to the sites. You met with people. You did in-person recorded statements. So you did the whole game. met with injured parties, uh, handled your own litigation, own subrogation, and your own salvage. So the, really the whole ball of wax. So, um, but, yeah, I started my career at Progressive in Ohio, and uh, – as I said, they were going through a lot of growth at that point in time. And I think it's where your, your path and my path actually crossed that progressive. I was in Ohio for several years and then moved to Florida, which was one right. of their highest growing uh, states at that point in time. And that's when you and I crossed paths in Jacksonville. Correct. So, yep. so yeah, so kind of moved all over the country with progressive. I was uh, in Florida. I went to Kentucky. Uh, I also went into Indiana, which was one of their largest states. And at that point in time, I started getting recruited by other companies uh, just because of that background I had. So uh, been in claims since I started 
uh, right out of college, uh, have worked in multiple levels of leadership, starting as a supervisor all the way up to a vice president of claims. I've worked for various companies from operational leadership to executive leadership. Um, you know, uh, one thing people will ask me is kind of how did you get to where you got? And uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from that is taking uh, taking chances, taking positions and doing things that others would not do. I mean, Progressive right. was, a, was just a really tough environment in terms of just really good people. So you had to find things to set yourself apart. Right, right. Others, right. So I'd maybe take that job in Ohio that is in the backwoods that nobody else would take or. I may relocate to somewhere else that might not be the most relocatable spot in the U.S., right? But those gave me opportunities and chances uh, and experiences that others wouldn't have. So that when the primo job did come available, I would have something that would make me stand out above. Uh, yeah, and that's, I, I mean, that's that's great. And you've had, you know, you've had quite a ride. I mean, you've, you've I've kind of followed your career, you know, yeah. from progressive to some some other other places. And you've put together some really, really effective claims organizations. So, so how have you succeeded in tying together the people aspect with processes and technology? Well, that's an that's an interesting question, right? Because um, to me, it's like a that's the three legged stool, right? You got your people, you got your processes, and and you got your technology. And and to me, it's always been with starting with the people, right? It's do I have I surrounded myself with the right people in my organization? Do I have people that uh, um, are in the right roles for them? So I've always looked at, you know, this three-legged stool as kind of the people being the, the main support for that and making sure that I have the right people and the right jobs and really ensuring that that starts with the leadership, right? right. Because if you look at a leadership model, you have your supervisor, then you have your uh, individual contributors uh, beneath them, right? And, and that works itself right up the uh, ladder. And if you have this supervisor or this leader up here who's impacting all these different people, that, that person has to be the right person because if they're not right. doing the job right, you can just imagine what's going on down here. So yeah. uh, in my career, I've always tried to surround myself with good leadership, which then in turn, you're you're getting your people to understand the processes at that point through through the leadership and their understanding of technology and how to effectively utilize that to drive uh, results. So um, then when you again, and then looking and working with others outside of your your organization in terms of understanding what are processes out there that had a positive impact on your organization. What processes and uh, technology can you put in place to help drive some of those results? So some, you and I have talked about some of these just on the segregation oh, yeah. side of it. Yeah, so, it's, um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's tough to figure out, you know, how to leverage the technology, you know, how to, how do you bring the three-legged stool together? Right. And I think, right. I think you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, people are, people are still the key to doing everything, you know, I mean, right. I, I've had, you know, calls where it's like, do you think it's possible to have a totally automated claims organization? Right. And it's like in this day and age, 2023, probably not. Maybe right. some basic stuff. Yeah. Right. But I mean, every single claim 
no matter how simple it is, still has its individual characteristics. And you got to marry all this stuff up together. It's, it's tough. Well, so- you know, uh, Chris, I think um, something else that's really hit home with me throughout my career is ensuring aligned process, right? An alignment right. that everybody has the same North Star. Right. And they know the direction they're, that they're headed, right? It's and no that, calibration exercises. And that yeah. everybody's rowing in the same direction. And I always use that as an example when I'm talking to my leadership in terms of if you ever watch uh, the Olympic sports where the rowing, right. you know, how in sync they are and how aligned they are. And yeah. if you had one person rowing differently, how that would just completely <laughs> uh, mess up, you know, your your objective. So aligned process kind of having that North Star and everybody understanding their role and responsibility. Right. All right. Yeah, I, I think that's that's key. And it's, you know, I think it's become really challenging. I mean, if you think of, you know, the the just the role of the adjuster, how it's evolved since you and I started, right? I mean, right. We, were doing, right. we did every, literally right. everything, even our own subro and salvage. Right, right, right. And, you know, I look at my son who just started as a claims adjuster with a large company and, mm-hmm. you know, he's just sitting behind the desk getting a lot of claims every day. Right, and it's, right, it's right. really changed. So what do you think the greatest challenges facing adjusters are today? Yeah, you know, and I kind of knew that's where you're going ahead as you were, uh, as you were just talking there. Um, well, first of all, I think let's just acknowledge Tough job, right? Oh yeah, yeah. One of the toughest. <laughs> I've always said, I've always said, if you could do a claims adjuster job, you're pretty skilled to do a lot of other jobs. Right. Uh, just very demanding, right? Um, you know, challenges facing that's just a big challenge in itself. Just the demands of it. Uh, if you're a black and white person, right, it's not a job for you. Um, no, not at all. And I'll see people that struggle with that concept, and I've seen that, right? So that's a big challenge is just understanding that the the world that we operate in is not black and white. And then when you think of the attributes that a successful claims rep has, uh, that's challenging, right? I mean, they have to be able to communicate on a scale, uh, uh, you know, that varies. You're you're talking to different people every day. uh, And... You've got to communicate in a way that they understand and not, not only outward, but inwardly and sideways in your organization. Oh, yeah. Right. And then uh, you got to be able to manage time. Right. Uh, right. Which is a big one. And then I think about, you know, just, just got to be organized in what you do and analytical and have the ability to uh, gather and interpret data that comes across. Right. And then make good decisions. So when you kind of roll all that together, the qualities needed to be successful as a claim rep, that's a challenge. That's a challenge, right? So it's not easy, um, you know. Uh, and then you just talk about the changing expectations that the right. customer has, and that the company you have works. You know, they're they're always changing. So I think if you just kind of bring that all together, the technology that we spoke about, I think adaptability. You know, you think about adaptability. That yeah, is the challenge, right? That's a tough one, too, because when you think about it, you know, think through your organizations and you have claim reps of all differing abilities, all different ages. You have some people that have been adjusting claims for 40 years and you've got kids that are coming right out of college and you roll out some new technology and you've got one 
part of your organization saying, wait a minute, but I've been doing it this way forever. (laughs) You've got these, the young kids that are like, they love the technology and the gadgets and all they want to do is communicate via chat. It's like, I don't pick up the phone and call people. I don't even like talking on the phone, but I'll chat with customers all day long. (laughs) You know, so you have these just so many different variables and, you know, there's, you know, some organizations that, that we've had are, you know, large, right? I mean, right. you know, you get right. some of the service centers at some of these bigger companies when, you know, when everybody's back in the office as people are getting back there right. that can have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And think of the dynamics, right? You're a manager with multiple supervisors of different differing capabilities and skills. Right. And then all those adjusters and just, you know, it, it, it it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a tough job for sure. Well, and then that, you know, then the kind of the second part of, uh, you know, when I talk about adaptability at the rep level is just having that work-life balance, right? We hear that term a right. lot and throw it around a lot. And what does that mean? And I think it means a little bit different to everybody. But in my mind as a leader is, hey, it's a stressful position. Right. But at the same time, it's very rewarding if you're willing to develop yourself, if you're willing uh to get the training that you need, you're willing to do things I spoke about earlier, right? Like differentiate yourself. It can yeah. be a very rewarding position. Um, so, but you have to, as the individual, you got to understand that and you've got to understand the importance of work-life balance and, and, right. and professional development. And if, if you can do all those things, you can be a really great adjuster and, uh, you know, and really kind of create the uh, professional career that you want in the claims. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of upward mobility, right? Where right. I, I have this discussion with my son, he'll, you know, he'll be talking about how many claims he's getting and how overwhelmed right. he is. But I'm like, right. yeah, but think of think of the potential, right? You pay your dues, right. just right. like any profession, you go in, you start right. at the bottom. And the hardest workers, the ones that, that really put forth the effort, those are the ones that get rewarded, they kind of move up. And then they move on. Yeah. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, every company has to have a leader. If somebody's going to get that job. You know, why not you? You just have right. to put forth the effort and make the smart decisions and you'll be you'll be rewarded at the end of the day. Right. 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 And, and Chris, I guess let me ask you. I mean, I, I said there's adaptability and kind of the work life. What do you see as a challenge? Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things I see is when COVID hit everybody was stuck in their houses, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I learned more from the people sitting next to me in an office than Mm -hmm. I ever learned in in any training class I've ever taken. I mean, I remember the guy that that sat across the way from me in the cubicle, just listening to how he acted on the phone, his demeanor with certain people, how he differentiated between attorneys and, you know, people that weren't represented. You just pick up so much and you can like, Hey, what do I do on this claim? Whereas now okay. you're you're stuck in a house or mm-hmm. an apartment, and you don't you know most people don't have a dad who was in claims forever and ever that they can pick <laughs> up the phone and call. Right, right, right. Um, so how do you how do you get that knowledge? And it's it's so important because you're you know look you're you're the fiduciary of people out there, and when you make right. bad decisions, you know the risk of bad faith is very real. So right. you have to be making very good decisions always in the interest of your customer. And, you know, you don't always have the guidance to do that. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge, you know, facing adjusters today is the, the knowledge gap. 
Well, and that tied right into my second point, right? In terms of uh, uh, your self-development, the work I right. found developing yourself, right? And that developing yourself, yeah. as you and I speak about, it may require you to do things you don't want to do, right? It may require you to be in an office at right. times to learn, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, a lot of what I learned, right, is just hearing other people. Sometimes that was bad, too, though. I mean, you can you can pick up you can pick up the bad habits. So there's no right. question. And it's it's right. always that, you know, I've gone through this when I was, you know, when you're out hiring adjusters, right? You'll have I recall a situation where my boss called me one day and he told me he was he was closing an office and moving everything down to Florida. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it, it entailed hiring like like 40 people. I mean, it was a big, right. big deal. And he's like, just go find a bunch of people that have a lot of experience. And I'm like, you know. Yeah there's a downside risk to that. I mean, That's you right. can get some great, great people, but you can also get people with bad habits. So we kind of pulled a page from the progressive playbook and we went to a local university and I had a bunch of kids that were just graduating and taught them our way. And, and that's exactly, well. that was a strategy that I picked up after I left Progressive and went into one of my first carriers and creating yeah. that some of your people who are very dedicated to your company are the ones that start with your company, right? Right. Yeah, and, I mean, you, and, hire, and, you hire for attitude. You can always train right. the skills. And so, yeah, so we actually went to Butler, which had a risk management program, right? Okay. And these, yep. these, these folks are looking to get into claims that we spoke about earlier, not like you yeah. and I, but they are actually, you know, they're in school to go to get into claims. And uh, and those are some of the, another reason that I've had success at having low turnover, too, is just being able to identify people. Right. And then... Uh, create that culture, right? right? Create that culture of buy-in uh, or they're part of it. Now they're bought in not only to what their role is, but they're bought into the company. They're bought into the leadership and they just yeah. kind of create that beautiful picture. And that's, that's how you, that's how you build that corporate culture that, that becomes so successful. Right. You know, and, we, and if you look around the industry at the, at the companies that have, that have kind of adopted that over the years, right. you, you see a lot of very successful companies out there. Well, you know, that's one thing we didn't really spend much time talking about here, but culture is so big now, right? I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of companies are focused on different um, strategies around the culture, but uh, it's very important to the employee and, and retention. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, speaking about, you know, carriers, I mean, there's a lot of challenges facing the insurance industry now. What do you think the biggest uh, things facing carriers is? Well, I mean, all carriers are in the uh, in the business for profitability, right? Yeah, <laughs> despite what we might, some might think, but I think it's the growth, right? So, growth without sacrificing the profitability. So, um, you know, we've seen this increased uh, demand for you know kind of goods, materials, and labor, right? And um, and lost costs. Because of that, uh, probably at their highest levels ever. Oh, yeah. It threw, it threw right. through the roof. I, I mean, right. it's, I was just looking at some, some data and uh, having a discussion with, with, a, with a data analyst, actually. And, you know, we're, we're seeing like the just attorney rep rates are the highest they've ever been. Yeah. Um, the average BI paid, the severities just, just through the roof. And it's, yeah, right. it's amazing, you know, you have, you know, two years, three years of everybody sitting around watching TV before they go to their home office because they don't have to commute anymore. Yeah. And it's it's attorney ad after attorney ad promising yes. how much money you can get. It's it's, right. it's crazy. And, you know, so, something's got to give there. Well, and if you look at the companies 
that have been most successful through this, like your progressives, right? I mean, they're they're well known for being out ahead of the curve. Right. And so that's something that's always come to my mind is, you know, what are the companies doing around their actuaries and their product and their pricing to stay ahead of that curve? Right. You know, being proactive and not reactive so that when everyone else is in that cycle of now, uh, you know, they're underpriced, you get the people like Progressive now who have ar- already had the ability to foresee that and they're already past that. Right. So now they're in the ability. Now they have the ability to grow profitably when everybody else is still trying to react to it. So I think that's the big thing is, is kind of the uh, growth without sacrificing profitability, being able to stay ahead of the curve. Um, and then just being, you know, what I call the, you have to have an organization that's lean, you know, nimble, right. efficient, and it controls costs, control what you can control. And, uh, and then two of those areas are quite frankly, people in real estate. Those are two of your biggest costs. So what, what technologies out there uh, that can allow right. you to do more with less people, right? You're not asking your people to do more. You're just more efficient at what you do. Yeah, what can, so, what can do the heavy lifting, right? I mean, and I, I think, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of changes. I mean, if you think back to, you know, 20 years ago, right? I mean, we were still running around with, you know, our our, our cameras and our dictaphones and, all, you know, and that's that's not that long ago. And if you think of, you know, what's happened over the last, you know, 10 years, how technology has really started to grow exponentially. So, so what do we think right over the next like five to 10 years? I mean, what's, what's it going to look like in in the insurance space, in the claim space? Well, you know, one, I just, we were talking about some bad things there. I I think there's actually a tailwind though, too, uh, to the current economy that we're in. Right. So I think you're going to see some of the carriers that made money in investment income. Right. Be able to do that again. Right. I mean, how far I mean, we were so far removed from that where companies could not depend on investment income. So I think, you know, I just want to throw that out there that I think one tailwind of our current situation is you are going to see companies improve sort of their bottom line results yep. and help improve underwriting results through their investment income. I think this is the important thing to say. But, you know, I think your question was well, kind of what does a claims office look like or what does uh what does it look like in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, really, you know, yeah, think through like, you know, the claims yeah. office, just the overall structure of the organization, the technology that's out there. Right, even right, right. The technology that's being developed that we don't even know about. Right. right? So, yeah, that's you know, all we, interesting stuff, right? And I think, you know, as uh, you kind of look at this technology and I'm looking out five to 10 years, it's funny, I try to think back five to 10 years saying, if I would have answered that question, then what have I, right. what would have I said, right? And are we there? And I think we are in some aspects, right? Like uh, the AI estimating and, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, the artificial intelligence around injury uh, evaluation. So there, there's some areas where we've made progress. But I think, it, I think you know, we're going to be talking about a digital, what I, I actually call it like a digital first business model or, um, you know, a low, uh, a low touch claim strategy. Right. Right. Uh, that's uh, really been driven by what, you know, you hear the term advanced analytics a lot, the collaboration. And we just spoke about artificial intelligence and automation. So, uh, you know, and in turn, I think you're going to see organizations that, again, leaner, more nimble, they're proactive. I think you're going to see a higher skilled, specialized worker that's data driven. Right. Uh, 
but you're going to have organizations that are challenged with balancing that technology and, uh, you know, that humor, uh, human interaction. So, but the successful organizations are going to be one, I believe that can, uh, enhance the claims process, uh, where, you know, they can transform that, um, claims journey for lack of a better word and provide a, a better outcome for the customers, one that wows them. Right. Uh, but, uh, but you, you're still accurate in what you do in your claims handling, right? You're still yeah. accurate. You're paying what you need to pay. Right. You're right. paying I mean, the culture of success. You know, do you get to the point, and we're, we're sort of getting to this point, I think, but where, you know, you're driving down the road, and we know that most right. car crashes aren't serious, right? I mean, most, I think the DOT says the average crash right. speed is under 20 miles an hour, right? right. So right. you don't have serious injuries most of the time. Right. So if you're looking right. at the typical fender bender in the parking lot, mm -hmm. are you to the point where your insurance company is going to get an immediate notification, right? Your, your right. car had that, you know, you've got something in your car, um, notifies the insurance company. They immediately get you, you know, on the horn or via two-way communication. And they're walking you through, is everybody okay? They notify yep. the police. They You walk around the car with your phone and it generates an auto estimate. And the funds are in your account within 10 minutes. I mean, do you think that, that's exactly where I was going to go, Chris. Uh, I was actually going to bring up an example and uh, some reading I've been, you know, on these bot claims handling, right? Where you got, yeah. the, again, kind of the high volume, right? Very high volume, low severity, no uh, no interaction with the person, right? It's bot driven. Right. And like you said, it could be driven from, uh, you know, an impact or, you know, somebody calls in a homeowner's claim and, you know, you, you sure. enter certain information, right? And it's able to evaluate attributes, right? That coverage in order, no question on liability, information they've entered, uh, right. and it makes an automatic deposit at that point in time, you know, maybe you have to send in a receipt or whatever, but it has the ability to make decisions without a human interaction. And um, those that is what I see. You, you're absolutely right. I think probably 75% of the claims that we handle are right. that high, uh, low severity, high frequency, right? Which in turn lead, leads to what I said earlier is you're going to see highly specialized claims representatives right. who are now handling the more diverse, more difficult, uh, you know, yeah, get, high, get higher the value eyes, claims. Get the eyes on the complex claims, focus on the, the injuries to drive those severities down, let automation take care of the, the most of the APD stuff. Yeah, it's right. it's fascinating. I mean, I think this has been some great information, and, and I want to thank you so much for coming on as a guest. And Absolutely. if anyone else is interested in being a guest, head on over to secondlook.net and hit the podcast button. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. That, this yeah, was, it's uh, a good discussion. I appreciate, again, uh, worked with you for several years now. Thank you for listening to Insurance Claims Innovation. Are you interested in being a guest on our show? We would love to have you. Visit us at go.secondlook.net slash podcast dash guest. Please share Insurance Claims Innovation with others on social media and provide rave reviews about our guests. 
The goal of Insurance Claims Innovation is to showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. Follow us at Insurance Claims Innovation and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Second Look Inc. Interested in learning more? Stop by our website at www.secondlook.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris Tidball, and I hope you found this to be time well spent.